What's up, everybody? I hope you have your seatbelts fastened because the ride is about to get a little rough. Things are about to get taken up a notch or 10 as we continue through the book of Revelation. Today, we will see the fifth trumpet being blown, and we will see a being who is revealed, and the name of this being is Apollyon in the Greek, which means destroyer. And Apollyon will be given authority to open the abyss and unleash the first woe judgment on the people who are not protected by God. Now, the sound of this fifth trumpet has some serious consequences not yet seen in all the previous judgments. This trumpet begins a new wave of punishment that for the first time will directly inflict pain and suffering on the people. It will cause suffering that is so intense they will seek out death but won't find it. As we, as we move forward, the imagery and symbolism gets even more intense and it is easy to get confused and lost in what is being said. So I will do my best to keep us focused on the main points of the message. Also, with this fifth trumpet, it is easy to focus on the scary parts, but don't miss the mighty hand of God that protects his people and the mercy shown even to those who continue to reject him. Today, we take a look at the fifth trumpet being sounded, which is the first woe judgment. So we know the last three trumpets, uh, the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet. These are the are called the woe uh, judgments or the three woes, and they will directly affect you know the people. So here, John describes seeing a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. You know, it is common for the Bible to use the word star when referring to angels. In this case, the star who had fallen refers particularly to a fallen angel. Some say that it is referring to Satan himself, while others say it is a high-ranking demon or fallen angel uh, working under Satan. Either way, this fallen angel, Apollyon, uh, or Abaddon in the Hebrew, is given... Uh, authority to open the abyss and unleash a punishment that will last five months. The people uh, without God's protection will not be able to escape it. They will want to die. Death will elude them. You know, despite their constant refusal to turn from their wicked ways, God shows mercy. So let's dive into this fifth trumpet and see what we can learn today. It is very hard sometimes with Revelation to not get ahead of where we are but for the sake of going you know, or, or gaining a little more understanding of this fallen star, I will make an exception here. John refers to this, you know, to this star as fallen, as in he has already been kicked out of heaven and has already fallen to the earth. We know that you know, it is referring to an angel, and this angel has fallen to has fallen to the earth. And later in chapter 12, when we discuss the woman and the dragon, you will see that a battle in heaven breaks out among the angels, the the good ones and the fallen angels. And Satan and his fallen angels are defeated and they're thrown to the earth. In other words, they will fall and be thrown out of heaven, ending up on earth. I know you might be thinking, I didn't think Satan and his demons could enter heaven. But when they fell from heaven... Back in the beginning, you know, due to their rebellion, God still allowed access because Satan has been going before the throne accusing believers since the beginning. You know, just read about Job. So 
it is possible that what we read later in chapter 12 is what le- is actually what leads to what we are reading here in chapter 9. Remember the the way this book is written. It jumps around showing you things later that happened before what you are actually reading currently. So, that being said, Isaiah refers to Satan as the day star. But here John simply calls this angel a star that had fallen to, to earth. So, uh, just a fallen angel. Now, this leads me to believe that it is a high-ranking or powerful uh, demon or fallen angel serving under Satan, uh, Satan's command, so to speak. However, good arguments can be made that this is, in fact, Satan that, that they're referring to as the destroyer or the, the fallen angel in this particular judgment. Either way, we see that God is using Satan and his demons to carry out his judgment. This fallen angel is referred to as Apollyon or Abaddon, which means destroyer or bringer of destruction. Verse 1 says that he is given the keys or the key to the abyss. Remember, key is referring to authority being given. So Apollyon is given authority to open the abyss. Now, remember, when Jesus cast the legion of demons out of the man, and sent them into the pigs, the demons asked him, asked him not to send them into the abyss. The abyss is associated with being a place of evil spirits or a place of confinement for evil spirits, you know, or demons, fallen angels, however you want to refer to them. <clears throat> so check out Second Peter 2 verse 4. It says, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment... It is a you know it is a place set aside especially for evil for especially evil spirits or demons and it is a place where Satan will be thrown into and locked away for a thousand years during the reign of Christ. Not all demons are confined there; the majority roam free, but some particularly evil uh, spirits or demons they were confined there to limit their rampage until the appointed time, which is the judgment that we are looking at now, the fifth trumpet. So, but what we have so much to cover regarding this fifth trumpet or, you know, the first woe. So let's move on. Apollyon opens the abyss and smoke rushes out to a level that blocks out the sun. Now, this doesn't go any further regarding the blocking out of the sun, so we don't know how severe that actually was and what consequences came from that. It could have been minimal, you know, so... You know, this would add confirmation, though, that the abyss or Hades or hell, etc., uh, are in fact under our feet, way below the earth's crust, in or near the center of the earth, which is, of course, where the term Sheol comes from, but that's another topic. So now, with God's permission, these demons that have been locked away for thousands of years are set free to wreak havoc on the people. They come bursting out and descend on the earth, but before they can do any damage or harm, God gives them specific instructions, do's and don'ts, if you will, which just reinforces the fact that God is in control and Satan and his minions must still submit to his sovereign authority. They can do nothing except what God allows. And in this case, God tells them that they are not to harm any of the vegetation or any of the people protected by God's seal. Now, this refers specifically, you know, of course, 
first to the 144,000, but it also extends to those who came to faith because of the 144,000. But more on that down the road. So John describes these demons as locusts, and locusts love to destroy vegetation and crops, but God says no. Now, John describes these demons or locusts looking like horses prepared for battle. Verse 7 uh, and we'll pick up with verse 7 where it says, On their heads they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like women's hair, which just really probably means that it was long. Um, and and so moving on from there. And their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like uh, breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like a th- the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails with stingers like scorpions, and their tails, and with their tails, they had the power to torment the people for five months. So, you know, don't get lost in their description, trying to find the meaning behind each piece of their description. Just, you know, like the four angels or creatures that are around the throne that we read about early on in Revelation, you know, had they, they all had very unique appearances um, from animal-like to human-like you know, etc. So, so do these uh, particular fallen angels or demons. Um, they are something we've never seen before, and neither had John. So he describes it the best he can using imagery that he understood. Now, these demons or locusts are depicted like an army ready to attack and wage war. Uh, they are equipped for a particular type of torment. They have stingers. Uh, either tail is like that of a scorpion. And they will be able to sting someone, causing terrible pain and agony and suffering. Um, But again, God limits their impact and won't allow them to kill anyone. They can only torment those protected, you know, those who are not protected by God for a limited time, which is five months. When I read this, I see God's judgment, but I see his grace and mercy just the same. Yes, God prevents the people from dying meaning they, he, he forces them to endure the suffering, but he limits the punishment to five months. He could have made that much longer. Not, you know, not to mention these people, despite God's many attempts to get their attention and his continued show of mercy, they refuse to turn their hearts you know, from their wicked ways. You know, they refuse to turn from their wicked ways you know, and acknowledge him. They're cur that you know, they curse God for the punishment that they're getting, not not even realizing the mercy he is showing them or how deserving they are of the judgment that they are receiving. People love to argue over you know what is literal and what is symbolic or metaphorical, you know, when it comes especially when it comes to revelation. You know, some things seem obvious uh to decide what which they which whether they're literal or symbolic or whatever, some things seem obvious, while other thing, other aspects seem hard to kind of decide which one they are. You know, but either way, the outcome, results, or consequences are quite literal. So, with the fifth trumpet or first woe judgment, we see a fallen angel who is given authority over the abyss and the evil that comes out of it. His name is Apollyon or Destroyer. God allows him to set loose these locusts or demons that have been locked away, this evil that's been locked away in the abyss, you know, for 
thousands of years, and they are allowed to torture those who are not protected by God for five months. They are scary-looking creatures that will sting people, causing immense pain and agony. And the people will, will want to die, but death will elude them. God won't let them die. He won't let them escape the judgment. But here are some really cool things mentioned in this judgment. You see God's provision and protection. God does not allow the locust to sting or harm those under his protection. He also doesn't allow the locust to damage the vegetation because damaging the crops or plants would affect everyone. So God extends his grace and doesn't allow the locust to touch the vegetation. So when I see how God protects his people during this judgment and how he demonstrates his sovereignty over the enemy and you know, all the fallen angels and evil spirits, etc., giving them parameters on what they are allowed to do, it reminds me that 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 is how God is with us. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit to the day of redemption. We belong to him. Jesus is our shepherd. The enemy or any of his minions have no authority over us and cannot do anything without God's permission. You are protected by the Most High God and shielded by the blood of the Lamb. So tell the devil to get lost. He has no authority over you because you belong to Jesus. Now, with all that said, it is fascinating to think about the imagery in this you know, particular judgment. I mean, it reads like something out of an apocalyptic sci-fi movie. I think about things like the destroyer opening the shaft of the abyss and smoke rushing out like a furnace. And I wonder what that will actually look like, you know, maybe like a volcano that opens up, you know, I don't know. I mean, who really knows what is deep below the volcanoes, you know, way below the earth's surface, you know. Or if the locust will look as creepy or evil or ominous as John describes, we can't, or maybe that'll be worse than what he described. We can, you know, speculate on those things until the end, you know, but at the end of the day, God is saying all will face judgment. And if they turn their hearts from him, no one will escape it. No one can escape God's judgment. It is coming, and it comes for everybody. In fact, all face judgment. The only difference is, for believers, Jesus was our substitute. He allowed God's judgment to be poured out on him. So to all those who believe in him, your judgment was, your judgment was at the cross. He took that judgment for us, and God judged our sin on, you know, by, by pouring out that that judgment on Christ at the cross but for those who refuse to turn their hearts to him they will face judgment without the protection of the cross or the blood of Jesus they are on their own and man that is a scary thought okay guys the first woe has passed and tomorrow we pick up with the sixth trumpet or the second woe and it is crazy but again Try to always look for the grace and mercy that God extends in the middle of all of these judgments. Thank you, God, for your goodness, for your protection and provision. You are the God who supplies all my needs. Thank you, Jesus, for being my substitute and for taking God's judgment upon yourself so that we would not have to face 
you know, not to face that judgment like so many will in those last days. I pray, God, that every listener has put their faith in you and can find hope in the words of this book. God, help us to continue to see the presence of your love, patience, mercy, and grace in our lives. You are a good, good father, even when we don't deserve it. I ask you, Lord, to speak hope into the lives of each listener and grant them your peace. Comfort those who are hurting, and to those walking through the storm, remind them that you are with them and remain closer than a brother. Let us praise you on the mountaintops and in the valleys just the same, for you are worthy to be praised. Amen.